This morning we're going to continue with the theme of gratitude and thankfulness. Uh, last week we started that, and we've um, First Thessalonians chapter five, Paul says, "In all circumstances, give thanks to the Lord, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus." Giving thanks is the will of God for your life. So have you ever had a lousy day? Came across a story of a man sitting in a bar looking at his drink. And he stayed there for about a half an hour just looking at this drink. And then one big, large truck driving dude came in and muscled up next to him, took his drink and glugged it down in one gulp. And the man just started to cry, just started to sob. He says, okay, man, I'm sorry, I'll buy you another drink. He said, you don't understand. It's been the worst day of my life, the worst day. First of all, I overslept and missed a very important meeting. My boss was infuriated, so he fired me. I took all my stuff, got into a cab. Well, I went outside, my car was gone. Then I had to call a cab. And then I got the cab, and, and, and as I got out of the cab, I realized that I'd left my wallet in the car, in the cab, and he drove off, and I got out, walked into the house, and there my wife was in the middle of the day in the arms of another man's, in, in the arms of another man. She asked me to leave, and I was just absolutely devastated. I went past the chemical shop, and I bought some stuff, and I thought about taking my own life, and I've been looking at this drink for the last half an hour, and you came and drank it. That's a bad day for two guys. We don't realize how blessed we are in the daily situations that God gives to us. So I want to say to you that gratitude is the source of all our virtues. Gratitude is the source of all our Christian virtues. But let's turn that around and say ingratitude is the source of all our faults. Could that possibly be? Gratitude is just so important in the Christian life. We take for granted so much of what is done for us and what God has given to us each and every single day. This last week, on Thursday, the United States celebrated their Thanksgiving. The whole nation closes down and people travel. It's one of the biggest holidays in the United States. I have my brother and my sister who are American citizens and their families and they celebrated that. They confined one day of the year to that. But I think, you know, we as Christians need to celebrate gratitude and thankfulness every single day. A father and a mother had a young man who grew up and went to the army and he went into battle and he was killed. And after a few months of them going through the funeral and through a time of grief, they went to the pastor of that church and they said to the pastor, can we give a donation? We want to give a, a donation to the church uh, because of the life of our son. 
and we, we want to give this donation. And the pastor thought that was a great idea, and he's going to announce it to the congregation. So he announced it to the congregation, and uh, afterwards, everybody was pleased about that. And afterwards, driving home, there was another couple, uh, and the husband said to the wife, I, I, I think that we should give a donation to the church for our son. And the wife said, but our son is not even dead. He says, that's, that's the point. That's all the more reason why we should give a donation and honor gratitude to the Lord. Gratitude is just so important. There was a story in the life of Jesus where in Luke chapter 17, I'm just going to tell the story. In Luke chapter 17, he's approaching Jerusalem and there are 10 lepers that from a distance cry out to Jesus and they say, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus responds, doesn't approach them. He just responds and says, go to your priests and show yourself to your priests and, they will, and you will be healed. And as they turn and all 10 of them go off, they, they start to experience healing. But one of them turns around and comes back and falls at the feet of Jesus. He's now healed. He falls at the feet of Jesus and offers gratitude to the Lord. And Jesus asks them this question. Were there not ten that were cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? That foreigner was a Samaritan. And all the other nine went off. Listen, leprosy was a terrible, terrible disease. Not only in biblical times, but in medieval times. It was an awful disease. Not only did you have to experience the pain of having this disease, you had to experience the stigma of being an outcast. You were an outcast. You were regarded as unclean. When, whenever you uh, were contracted with, with leprosy, you were banished. No longer were you to associate with your family, friends. You didn't have a job. You didn't have money. You were outcast. You weren't allowed into the temple. You weren't allowed into the city. You were outcast. You were to hide your face whenever anybody approached, and you were to shout out, unclean, unclean. You had to hide your face. You see, this was to say that there's no intimacy. To reveal your face revealed intimacy. Like when you say, oh, God, I'm seeking your face, you, you're, you're literally saying, God, I'm seeking your presence. And so there, there was no intimacy at all amongst these lepers. You were outcast. You had to stay a hundred paces away. And Jesus just gave them the command. He didn't even approach. So there's a parallel here in, in, with leprosy to sin. Because sin causes us to be outcast. Like the leper, we are isolated from intimacy with the Lord when we have sin. Like the leper, we too are outcasts from the kingdom of God. Like the leper, we are in the process of losing everything to sin. Like the leper, we are being destroyed by the law of sin and death. We constantly are falling short of the glory of God. In Ephesians 2 and verse 12, 
Paul tells us, remember that you, who are now Christians, were at that time separate from Christ and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. These lepers cried out for mercy. I find that fascinating. They didn't say, Lord, we want your power. Lord, we want your freedom. They didn't cry out, Lord, we want your deliverance. They cried out for mercy. Because it's mercy that brings change and healing into the situation. You see, there's grace and there's mercy. Grace, undeserved love, says, means, I am receiving what I don't deserve. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who came to redeem us, to unite us once again with the Father. That's what grace is. But mercy is a little bit different. We don't get what we do deserve. For the wages of sin is death. That's mercy. And we see quite clearly in Ephesians 2 verse 4, God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. And even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So, these nine guys continued, these nine guys continued to uh, go off to the priests and they didn't return. Maybe they had reason for that. Maybe, ah, it'll just work out. Maybe the priests will do the trick. You know, maybe I didn't need healing anyway. Maybe the leprosy would have cured themselves, cured itself. But they, 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 they went off. But there was this one that came and bowed at the feet of Jesus. Wonderful. Wonderful. Shouldn't we all give thanks all the time because of his great mercy? Harry Ironside was a great preacher. And he was sitting having lunch one day at a table, and the restaurant was packed. And just before he got served a meal, a man approached him and said, look, there's no more seats. Do you mind if I sit at the table with you? So Harry said, no, sure. So he sat down, and Harry's food arrived, and he closed his eyes, and he bowed down, and the man said, What's the matter? You've got a headache. He said, no, no. He says, is, is the food not good? Said, no, no, I'm just saying thank you to God for this food. Oh, said the man, are you one of those? I want you to know that I never give thanks. I earn my money by the sweat of my brow, and I don't have to give thanks to anybody. I just start straight in. And a moment pause, Harry said, you know, you're just like my dog. That's just what he does too. Let's put it in his place. David McCarthy said, the man who has forgotten to be thankful has fallen asleep in life. Psychologists tell us that sincere gratitude, thankfulness, is the healthiest of all human emotions. 
Hans Selle, who is considered the father of stress studies, said, Gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude of life. Have you been grateful this past week? Have you been grateful for your husband? Have you been grateful to your wife? To your parents? To your children? To your friends? Grateful to your boss? Uh-oh. To your staff? Have you expressed gratitude towards them? When last were you grateful to your comm leader? I'm going to push this one a little bit now. Your comm leader, week after week, has to commit himself. I've seen some of the excuses. I'm too tired to come to comm tonight. No, guys. Come on. Your comm leader, your hosts are there every week, cleaning their house, preparing stuff week after week. And you need to make a commitment there as well. Have you been grateful to those that are in spiritual authority over you? It pleases God that we give thanks to others as well as to Him as well. It pleases God. You know, to be thankful to somebody else takes nothing away from you. Absolutely nothing. A beggar came up to a woman and asked for some money. She dug into her purse. She pulled out a ten rand note and she gave it to him. And as she gave it to him, she said, I'll give you ten rand. Not because you deserve it, but because it pleases me. So the beggar was shocked. He said, Thank you, ma'am. While you're at it, why don't you make it a hundred and you can thoroughly enjoy yourself today? <laughs> so I want to leave you with this principle. Don't be too familiar with stuff. Don't be too familiar with stuff. Constantly show your appreciation. No matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, whether it's five years, whether it's 10, 15, or even 30 years, constantly show your gratitude. Never lose your appreciation. Don't let familiarity breed contempt in your life. Show that appreciation. You see, what I'm finding is that as people continue to grow as Christians, they become more and more complacent in terms of gratitude. It's like the world traveler. You know, you've been to all of these places, you've seen all that you've seen, and you're like, you're in danger of taking all your blessings for granted. I mean, R.W. Emerson said that if the stars came out only one night a year, everybody would stay up that one night to watch those stars. But because they're there all the time, we just don't even worry. We just take the majesty of looking at the stars for granted. We've grown so accustomed to our blessings. Constantly say, I want to appreciate. I want to be able to appreciate the things. You know, the Israelites going through the wilderness, they, they got tired. I mean, God gave them 
he put dew on the ground, and then he, he had manna fall. Now, manna, it was, it was this thing, it wasn't like the white bread that without any minerals or vitamins, it was, it had everything in it to sustain these guys. And they complained about this. God prepared manna for them every single morning, except on the Sabbath. So they had to double up on the Sabbath. But then every other morning, there was manna, and they complained about this heavenly manna. This is what they said in Numbers 11, verse 6. But now our whole being is dried up, and there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Oh, man. That's evidence that you've just grown accustomed. You see, when you grow accustomed to the blessings of God, you start to complain and you start to criticize. Is it? I mean, this is, this is a miraculous thing that's taking place. Another evidence of the malady of growing accustomed to these things is that you always think that somebody else is in a better situation. So listen to what they say to Moses. Listen. Our, 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 our whole being is dried up. The NIV says our appetite, which is, I think is quite minor, but uh, the, the New King James says our whole being is dried up. But he says, look at the guys. I remember going back when we were in Egypt and they had melons, cucumbers, leeks, garlic, and onions. Wow. Now we have to put up with this manna. Listen, they were in slavery for over 700 years, generation after generation after generation. Your diet is a high price to pay for slavery, you dumb schmucks. Seriously? We want onions, leeks, garlics, melons, and onions. You see, that's what ingratitude does. It's the source of all our faults. Turn that around and make gratitude the source of all your virtues. 